Welcome to the Ordinary Day Podcast. My name is Pete, and I'm joined by... Diane. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow, that was, that was the best intro ever. We should definitely not redo this. I wanted to mix it up a little bit. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, so, yeah, well, here we are. We're back again for another episode. Mm-hmm. Gonna, you know, talk about a web designer and his wife... Uh, who is a scientist and all the fun, quirky things they do. Yes. As a married couple in Toronto. Mm-hmm. So what we usually start off our podcast with is we talk about what's new with us. So Exciting. did you want to start? Uh, I think you should start about your partay. Mm, yeah. Yes. Yeah. In the last couple of weeks I, I did have a, I had a birthday and it was very wonderful. Um, the day itself, it was a typical Wednesday going to work and all that. But I mean, I had so many texts, emails, phone calls, mm-hmm. just well wishes from so many people. And it, it was really quite hor- heartwarming, heartwarming, heartwarming. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, just to he- hear that. I mean, I'm, I'm a strange dude in that I, I never think I'm special and or anyone cares. So it's always nice to be uh, proven wrong. <laughs> yes. I constantly so, remind you of that, but it, it takes a birthday to really illustrate my point and bang it home. <laughs> well, you know, you, you need to hear it sometimes, right? Yes. It's, it's not like you can know that I love you, but mm-hmm. if I never tell you, it mm. doesn't make it okay. So it's, it's always, it was, it was very wonderful. So thank you to anyone who uh, reached out to on my birthday. It made it very special and it was like one of the greatest days I've ever had. Yeah, and we had a really nice dinner at uh, a family friend's house. You happen to have a birthday close to Mm -hmm. uh, someone else in our family friend group gathering. Sarah's been on the show. on the podcast. Um, And she very kindly shares her birthday dinner with you. Yeah. uh, She seems pretty protective about a lot of things, but not that. (laughs) No, she's totally, totally on board with uh, having a dinner. Now, mind you, she picks the menu and everything, but... That that's her parents are hosting. That's fair. Well, it was delicious. Um, but so. they made sure to have a beer for you there, yeah. and yeah. everyone nice. had cards for everyone. It was great. It, yeah. and it was such a good dinner and mm, yummy. Yeah, yeah, good good presents. Um, it was also fun that we got her some Powers whiskey, mm-hmm. some definitive Irish whiskey from our trip to Ireland. Uh, we've really been. Uh, uh, fans of that, I guess, since discovering it, the Irish coffee. Yes. The Irish coffee whiskey. Yes. Um, By fans, so. you mean you are a big fan. I don't regularly drink it. Well, no, but I mean, you're Irish fans coffee. of Ireland, I guess. Well, Oh, big fan of Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it was cool to share that. And she being a whiskey connoisseur, that was very cool. Yeah. She uncorked it and drank straight from the bottle. Yeah. That was pretty, <laughs> that was pretty cool. That is Sarah. <laughs> Pretty cool. Um, yeah. Um, and then uh, last weekend, we I had a, a birthday party. Had some people come over mm-hmm. um, in our little apartment, but it was it was nice. It always seems to do the trick. Um, yeah, we keep it low key. Just you know, come hang out for however long you are able to. Yeah, we had some snacks on the table. We had uh, my retro pie booted up for anyone who wanted to play some old games. Uh, and yeah, nice balcony, nice day. Yeah, it was a beautiful it, night. It was 
That's very helpful. stormy in the morning, but it all cleared up. And I suppose one year we might have like massive thunderstorms and then things could get a little bit crowded and fidgety. Yeah, you could still probably hang out on a balcony. It's, it's roofed. But yeah, had to be sideways, sideways rain. That would be disastrous. <laughs> but yeah, it was good. I uh, got to, you know, test out the new stereo receiver on the weekend, play mm-hmm. some tunes. Um, that thing's turning out quite well. I don't know that I'm using it enough. You maybe need to get me to just listen to some music on it, you know, through the year. Make sure I'm following through on the whole plan to just listen to music and mm-hmm. kind of chill out. So we'll make that a thing. And, uh, well, there was the whole E3 thing, the Ele- Electronics Something Expo, Entertainment Expo. That's it. That's three E's. Yeah. Um, which always happens during my birthday. So that's fun. And then because of that, they had all these sales. So I was able to pick up some new things, um, including a new game I've been playing, which I wanted to talk about just briefly. Yeah, go for called it. Called Yakuza Zero. Oh, yes. Um, it's been really fun. It's uh, obviously about the gangs in Japan. It takes place in Tokyo, and it's uh, it is just full of Japanese culture. And I love I love Japanese culture. I'm just so into that stuff, and uh, it is very entertaining and incredibly quirky. Nice, incredibly strange. Um, I had a mission where I had to like infiltrate a cult. Okay, and they had their own language. It was kind of like Scientology. But Japanese. <laughs> okay. It was pretty hilarious um, and silly. And uh, yeah, it's it's just fun. It's just a silly, silly, fun game. But somehow it's about crime and serious things too. So loving it. Been been very much enjoying that. Well, there you go. Pretty cool. Um, speaking of music, your brother and friend were involved in making the soundtrack soundtrack or the score mm-hmm. i said soundtrack and i was corrected oh that is the a movie score. score okay uh yeah the movie score uh including apparently a dance beat because yes. they needed an unlicensed <laughs> piece yeah. of music for for a dance club scene yeah and it was cool that when uh <clears throat> if you buy the album it's like credited as a fake band name for those songs, like they came up with fake band names for all of the other uh, different sounding bands that appear in the uh, movie, basically. Oh, okay. I did not know they did yeah. that. Yeah. We should see if we can somehow rent that movie, too, because I'd be really curious to see how it all works together. I don't know where that would come from, though. It's so it's so indie, right? I have no idea. Um, we can ask. Yeah. We'll, we'll follow up on that. We'll follow up on that. Find out the best way to yeah. share that Some material. Cool stuff happening. Yeah. Anything else from the last couple of weeks? What What have you been up to? Just writing your thesis? Yes. A lot of writing my thesis. I do have an interesting story that I thought I would share regarding science. Please do. Um, hopefully this doesn't make you more annoyed and it's just a, let's just comment on this and see what will happen. Okay. Uh, so I work with uh, Marsha, a new Marsha in the lab. Um, and I basically go into the lab when this person is doing their work just to make sure that if they have any questions, I can answer them and make sure they're following through with things. And they're not the neatest person in the, the world. Okay. Uh, so it's often a little bit messy. And sometimes if I'm just waiting them for, for them to do stuff, I'm like wiping things up and putting things back, yeah. et cetera. That's fine. Um, and usually I come in and they haven't thrown their ice out. So the next morning it's just a styrofoam box of water that happens regularly yeah but the other day i came in 
and they had left out something that needs to be kept frozen. Okay. So this uh, product, it's not super expensive, so it's not the end of the world, and we have lots of it. Um, but they left it out at room temperature overnight on mm-hmm. the counter. And we were getting to the point where this has happened a few times, yeah. not with this, with other things, whatever, they forget to put something away. And so I'm just tired of telling them about it the next day right. and being like, like how many times can you tell someone to clean up? Well, yeah. And you're not like their mother or something. No, I'm not. And that's not my role. Uh, so I saw this sitting there and I'm like, nice. They forgot to do it again. Great. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll see, I'm just going to leave it there and I'm going to see if maybe my prof will see it or maybe someone else will see it or maybe he'll notice and, and do something about it. Anyways. Uh, so I noticed this first thing in the morning and, you know, midway through the afternoon, I noticed that Marsha has cleaned up the space. Really? Yep. And not said a word. Huh. About it. Uh Uh-huh. So this concerns me a little bit. What does this mean then? Because, uh, one, it means that I can't trust anything that they've touched Mm. because I don't know if it's been stored properly or taken care of properly, Mm -hmm. uh, or been put back in the same spot or contaminated at all. And two, um, I'm someone who, if I screw up, then I tell people like I broke a thermometer once and buddy of mine was just like, just, just don't tell the prof, just go buy a new one. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, but if he gets a receipt and sees that someone bought a new thermometer or it looks different, then that's weird. Right. Mm -hmm. So I told him, I'm like, I'm sorry, I broke your thermometer. He's like, that's okay. And they're like $20. Just buy a new one. And I'm like, okay. Sorry. <laughs> wow. How's that? So I tend to own up when I severely screw something up. Well, yeah, it's the best way to do it. And it doesn't seem like uh, Marsha is on that same page. Are you surprised at all? I guess not really. It kind of, it's disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Um, because I thought maybe I'm just like getting annoyed. Like I'm not even that annoying when Marsha like screws up. I'm just like, you don't do it again. It's not like I yell at them. I think they're also just tired of screwing up all the time. Right. So now they've done it again and they just don't want to have to own up to it. But like, I'm trying to think, I'm like, maybe I should just, you know, one day isolate some RNA and kind of casually say, oh, it doesn't look like this thing worked. Did anything happen with that, that stuff? Like you're the last one that used it and see if they own up then. <laughs> right. <laughs> or if I just keep in mind that I just need my own stuff and I just have to label things my stuff. Um, but it is funny because this Marsha person has been telling me about their friends who are starting up their own kind of investment, investment trading fund, whatever. Yeah. And I do not want to go anywhere near that, no. especially now. No. Because they're withholding information from me. Yeah. And who knows what else they're withholding. Well, they're also very disorganized. Oh, yeah. And they also, don't seem to work very yeah, hard. Just generally, they're out to lunch all the time. I have to continually remind them. That's exactly where you want to yes. put your money, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I just thought it was interesting that this scenario has popped up after like eight months of... <laughs> Yeah. Working with this person. And I'm not, I'm not like stressed about it or anything. It's just made me think a lot. Yeah. And you know, I'm going to have to be really kind of paranoid and annoying. Yeah. I think the best thing you can do is something that you have been doing, um, for your sanity. I mean, Mm -hmm. um, is to be a scientist and do experiments on them. And what I mean by that is, (laughs) 
Um, didn't you do something like, didn't you have, you were going to build like a wall with post-its of failures or something that was going to be a thing you were going to do. That was going to be a thing. Every time they made a mistake, you would just add a post-it mm-hmm. to a wall and then mm-hmm. see how, how quickly that wallpaper filled. <laughs> and then they'd be like, what, what is this? And it's like, uh-huh. Oh, this is a little project I'm doing. <laughs> just uh, little things like that can be, um, I guess a way to preserve your sanity. Mm-hmm. Um, you were sharing with me earlier today that you were getting a kick out of, he has an underling or something? Oh, yes. Yes. And, well, why don't you tell me what you told me? Uh, This is also funny because Marsha does not like to come on time. Marsha says that they'll be there at 10 o'clock in the morning, and they usually come around 10.30. That's what I've figured out over Mm -hmm. time. I usually show up when they ask me to show up, uh, just because that gives me half an hour to get myself settled. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But I never come early when they say that they're going to come at a specific time. So I've learned this and I think it took, so he is now training someone else. And I think it took that someone else two days to figure out that Marsha does not come on time on time, uh, to the point where Marsha said, please be here at 1030. Uh, Marsha showed up at 1045 and the new guy wasn't there yet. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, yes, (laughs) getting a taste of your own medicine. Uh, And Marsha also proclaimed the other day that uh, he had been spending up to 10 hours in the lab some days. And I quickly (laughs) corrected him uh, because coming in at 1030 and leaving at eight is barely making it (laughs) to that mark. And normally they're there four hours per day. They Isn't come. there long lunches too, though? And yeah, they take really long extended lunches if they have a chance. And all their lab notes are on individual pieces of paper in a giant stack on their desk. And it's just a bunch of things where I don't think this person is super suited towards this kind of work. Well, what kind of work would they be suited for then? Like, I'm not where, sure. Where is there a job where you show up late, you could take long lunches, and you have just to be complain an, all the time. You have to be an entrepreneur so that it's your own business. I guess there's government. Government work might suit him. Yeah. Well, I still think being... He has to be on time, though. Yeah, so he has to be on time. And he has to work like, ooh, sorry, nine to five. <laughs> I accidentally, <laughs> yeah. Eat your <laughs> microphone? Yeah. <laughs> Went yeah. really loud there. Yeah. I seriously think he needs to be an entrepreneur because then time is money. And if he works, he earns money. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, just some, so some fun perspectives there. So what is this about? Uh, this is another experiment that you could do is figure out why, why is there such a large volume of strangely uh, incapable people working with you at your lab? Like how, how are these all the people that are coming in? One would think given your field, mm-hmm. it's academia that you would have smart people, driven people who would be interested in like, it's a volunteer thing too, right? Well, you voluntarily choose to do a master's degree, but you have to pay tuition. Oh, they're actually, okay. So they're, they're paying for tuition for this. So this is part of their master's degree. Yes. But they, I thought they had to like get interviewed to get into the lab, right? Usually. Yeah. So you have to be accepted by the school and then you usually put down a, um, preferred supervisor. Mm-hmm. If you've done your homework, you've probably talked to that supervisor right. and they decide whether they want you or not. Right. And normally profs don't have a lot of, I guess they have some choice, 
But a lot of the times, professors need to make sure that they keep up their graduate student numbers. So they often could bring in people. And also, it's really hard to tell from an interview and a transcript if someone's going to be good at lab work. Yeah. And my prof, I'll give him props for being able to choose, you know, people that get along really well and that aren't causing, like, emotional or, like, abuse or just being general jerks in the lab. He's pretty good at picking out, like, generally nice people. But I don't know how we're supposed to pick out someone who's going to be really good at the lab work part and all the other aspects. Yeah. It kind of feels like a crapshoot. Same thing with picking a supervisor that you're going to work well with. Or any employee for any job. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I almost feel like, yeah, you need to have like a trial period with these people, but you can't have, you can't bring someone in for a trial period and then they're not good and then say, sorry, see you later. (laughs) Like it's pretty hard to do. But if there's some kind of grading system, maybe they would improve then. Like, I don't feel like there's enough, uh, like, why is this behavior so common, I guess, is the thing. At your lab, like, you have so many people who are just slacking through their master's degree. Well, and I don't get they're, how they can get away with that. They don't finish on time, I'll tell you that. And if they this still finish, though. person, yeah, eventually, after an extra, like, $8,000 down the drain. <laughs> so I guess it's good for the university business. It's like, well, they're going to take eight years and they mm-hmm. want to pay us every year. Who cares? Yep, kind of. So uh, are they telling yeah. then your prof that it's like, don't don't worry about it just let them keep going keep going keep going like there's no drive anywhere for these people to be i don't know like a hard ass and just say look get your get your act together or i'm kicking you out of the lab i just find that strange or you have to show up at this time you can't keep being two hours late i'm always on time yeah no they're never on time Um, well, this person is not going to finish on time if this continues to be the pattern of work that goes down. So we'll see what happens. I just usually like to let things ride out. Yeah. And at a certain point, you know, these people can slack off all they want. When it comes down to, hey, I really need to finish my thesis, uh, prof, can you, uh, you know, hurry up and maybe look it over for me? No. (laughs) There's no immediacy. There's no rush in his looking over things and getting them back to them. Hmm. He gives as much as he gets. I guess that makes sense. So there's there's some fairness. And yes, a master's degree can be useful and look decent, but a lot of the times jobs don't require master's degrees. So you have to prove that it's not like, oh, they have a master's degree, they're automatically going to be given all of these great things. Right. No. They still have to work for something. So Yeah. But putting a master's on your resume is supposed to show that you have at least dedication or well, they dedicated some kind of like sense of three years of their life to it. Some sort of skill or you, one would think you were a learned, learned person. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just funny that I keep hearing stories of master students and they, they sound like bigger slackers than people I went to high school with. Right. Anyway. Yeah. That's just my opinion. Shall we get into Mine some too. stories? Yeah, for sure. Um, I was having some troubles finding a story sort of just last minute. Uh-huh. Um, I actually did like a Google. I went to, I went for CBC, funny news, whatever. Cool. So I just wanted to find something entertaining. Yep. And I found an article in their trending section that 
I don't know, it just seemed kind of humorous to me, and I don't remember hearing about this, but unfortunately, this trending article is from August 2016, so I guess it's it's not news, um, but I don't remember... But it's funny. Hearing about <laughs> this a year ago. But this, it's a Trump article, all right? Okay. So apparently there was some controversy with Trump in August of 2016 because he ate KFC with a knife and fork. Really? I don't remember hearing this. Do I remember hearing this? I'm not sure. Interesting. Uh, so that's unacceptable? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It's just got a great photo and it says that he was being mocked. On the internet, because mm-hmm. in his appeal, attempt to appeal to the masses, and I guess this is for our election time, right? right? Yeah. He has him just having KSC on a plane or something, but he's in like an expensive, probably private plane, mm-hmm. and he's got silverware in front of him, knife and nice. fork, but there's a, a piece of big, fried chicken. big KFC bucket of chicken next to him, and he's smiling like, yeah, I'm an American just like you. You know, it's funny because we probably, <laughs> they probably published that article thinking like, we got this. Yeah. What is with this guy? Terrible. And little do they know that this person gets elected. Hmm. CB says, and CBC says it's the slogan's not it's utensil licking good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, CBC, you're so clever. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do know people who eat chicken wings with knives and forks. It's always weird when I see that. Right? Yeah. It just, it's, it's such not, a bother. It's not that, not something that we're used to. I think it's something that other people are used to, cultures that particularly pay attention to, you know, not touching your food with your hands. Yeah, I guess so. Um, because, you know, there are some places in the world where your hands aren't clean. So oh, for sure. So you don't eat with your hands. Yeah. And there are other places where you just eat with your hands. Yeah, Everyone where there is no cutlery. Yeah. Goes right for it. And then there's chopsticks. Yep. So. A bunch of things. Interesting. Well, that's just one notch on the Donald Trump bashing, <laughs> and it didn't work. <laughs> and that didn't ruin his uh, I know. his presidency, despite the that crazy KFC event. eating that people. It didn't break his campaign. <laughs> I guess it worked we're in not. some favor. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought that was funny. That is pretty funny. People were not floored enough. <laughs> no. <laughs> I almost find it would be more difficult to eat with a knife and fork. I just but. find it difficult to eat KFC. Yeah, you just don't like KFC. Like, we I were will, walking by that today, uh-huh. and I'm always blown away every time I see one of their new posters, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, check out the new whatever chicken mm-hmm. fried, fried chicken fry. Mm-hmm. And it's like, these photos of their food, it's all brown. And it's like, is there, can you, can you have like another color? <laughs> it's just all just yellowish brown. It's mm-hmm. just like, you're having your chicken, and then you're going to have a side of potatoes. Yep. And now you can get chili with it. And it's just <laughs> like, great, brown, brown, and more brown. <laughs> Yummy. I usually get KFC about once a year when you're not around. Yeah. And I smell it, and it smells delicious, and I'm probably, like, hormonal. Mm-hmm. And I eat it, and I'm like, what? And then I don't eat it for a year. And then a year later, I'm like... Mmm, fried chicken. <laughs> Why don't I have this more often? I could have that again. <laughs> it's been a year. Uh, one time I did go, and they were having a promotion where if you won the contest, you got free chicken for a year. Oh, God. That I pretty much just balked at and threw away because <laughs> what was I going to do with free chicken for a year? Ah. Ow. Yeah. <laughs> Become good friends with our toilet. Uh, this actually segues well into my story. All right, let's do it. Um, because... My professor is on a listserv, 
and every Friday he gets a compilation of the week's uh, news in obesity. Okay. Um, and it can be uh, things like published journal articles, so things from scientists and universities, all the way down to commentaries that might be from more lay people. So he sends me a link, and it's to an L magazine article, which I was like, why is why is my prof sending me a link to a women's magazine? Okay. Um, but it's from this listserv, so that's where he found it. Um, and it was published uh, in the magazine in April 2017. And basically, the entire article is about how crazy nutrition science can be. Okay. Yeah. So it basically starts out with um, there was uh, this person moved to a town, small town, where there was someone there who argued that you should eat whole foods. So whole butter, whole fat milk. Okay. Whole fat cheese, all of this. And that that would be the healthier lifestyle than all this low fat crap. And you would actually be healthier and be lower in weight than other people. No, there's no asterisk like. No, there's no asterisk. And so then the person writing the article got into the whole debate about whether saturated fat is brown. Saturated fat is good or bad Mm -hmm. because for the longest time it has been deemed like this terrible fat leads to the development of heart disease. We need to avoid it. We need to eat all this low fat stuff. Sure. Um, and there are a number of scientific studies. There are also a number of scientific studies that say otherwise. Um, so it's basically going through all the science and trying and basically trying to show that there are scientific articles that say one thing. There are scientific articles that say another. There's so many confounding factors. I don't really know what to tell you anymore. Right. Here is the state of things. Um, because there was another article, uh, that basically found that the sugar industry was paying off scientists to get them to say that fat is the bad thing causing obesity not sugar okay when it's entirely likely that sugar is the bad thing is the bad thing right and like sugared soft drinks and corn syrup and everything yeah that that can be the bad thing yeah it's basically an entire article to say i don't know what to tell you anymore this is the mess but isn't of it like, the food is, science industry but this is why i was asking about the asterisk because yeah. it's like it's not just like Going back to KFC, like you're going to KFC and you're having bad saturated fat, but you're also washing it down with a thick cola or something full of sugar. And it's like the combination of all of that is bad, Mm -hmm. right? It's not like you just go, well, if you just got a diet Coke, suddenly you'll be healthy. No. It's like, no, that's not how it works. And then there's also, hey, you just had KFC once a year or whatever, but you're exercising. Yes. Did we talk about exercising in this diet article at all? Uh, no, no. Uh, but it mentions all of the points that you brought up. It also talks about how a lot of these diet studies are based on people's recall. So <laughs> having someone diligently write down the exact amount of each food that they would have eaten on a weekly basis, yeah. it's not likely not super accurate. accurate. No. Uh, also, the people who are volunteering for these studies are probably the people that generally may have a healthier lifestyle than people who are not participating in these studies voluntarily. Right? Can also be a factor. Mm, People volunteering to do a study? Yes. Wouldn't they be more likely to be unemployed? Not necessarily. And just wanting money? 
well, what if the study doesn't pay money? Oh. Completely voluntary. Well, then, yeah. I don't know who who's going to that. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it can have subject bias. Or people yeah, who um, want to find the answer. Yeah. It's also people who are probably more engaged in doing this kind of thing yeah. probably also have other healthier lifestyles. Yeah, or if they sense. are eating well, probably means that they have other healthier lifestyles. So there's all these confounding factors with things. Um, people will write books and not know what to tell their audience because there could also be a genetic component to certain things. And if certain people are of a certain genetic background, they might respond better to a certain type of food than other people. So it's basically, it was basically an entire article just to say what a mess (laughs) things were. And, um, we don't know what to tell you to eat. Um, and I think the last part of the article I thought was funny because it basically said that a lot of scientific theory, if we want to change it and advance the thinking often has to require that the major scientist that is against it die. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Basically says science evolves with every funeral is I think the last line of the article. I've heard that for lots of things. Yeah. Like the earth is a square versus the earth is round. Yeah. That's a huge debate for a really long time. I've, I've heard that term Um, used though, even for like politicians or like things like, you know, gay marriage will not be a, a thing anymore mm-hmm. or um, I don't know legalizing marijuana even some people are like ah, eventually those people will die out and it's just like it won't be a thing anymore mm-hmm. yep. so that is a theory it's just like mm-hmm. I'm sorry old people but I guess we just can't change your mind so we better just let you expire <laughs> that's a plan I guess yeah um, I don't know it was just kind of an interesting very well written summary of everything hmm. Um, and probably something useful to keep in the back of my mind when I'm defending a thesis where I'm talking about rats being fed a high fat diet. Um, I was also going to say, I feel like you said this a few times where you're reading an article and then the basic ending is, well, we can't figure it out. And, uh, that is a lot of science. I'm wondering if you're getting tired of that or if that's just norm for you. So that's fine. I think when you're in academia, you realize that that is the norm. Yeah. I feel like lay people often want to know like an absolute, yes. like I should eat this or I should not eat this. Well, that's what they put on the and clickbait article too. Yeah. It's like you won't believe what this will do. <laughs> and the real answer is probably somewhere on a spectrum. So it's really hard. Like I understand that because I have all this background knowledge of why that would be on a spectrum, but it's not as easy for someone else who hasn't taken all this time to study everything to know. So, and when you are a scientist and you're presenting ideas or a paper during a presentation, it's often in your best interest not to state those absolute statements because someone can challenge you on them. Yeah. And if you want to avoid those questions, you don't give those absolute statements. So I guess right. I'm almost trained to um, be very political in how I speak about certain things. I can neither confirm nor deny that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't say it quite so mm. uh, bluntly. But uh, yeah, I'd rather, I'd often, I'd rather have questions on my methods or on what I did or on what I think about my particular set of data, whether rather than argue like semantics with someone. Yeah. So that's why I usually phrase things the way I phrase them. And I'm quite okay with uncertainty in this regard. Well, I can neither confirm nor deny that. (laughs) 
Sounds good. <laughs> All right. That yeah. was that was very enlightening. Thank you. Um I that's, it was great. That's my story. That's your story. Mm-hmm. I think we're I think we're done here. So that has mm-hmm. been another Ordinary Day podcast brought to you by Pete and Diane. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you are listening and you have any feedback or any ideas that you would like to share with us, please do send us an email at ordinarydaypodcast at gmail.com. And I hear that Field Processor is potentially working on some new material, new podcast. Always making new material every week. Yes, but possibly a new podcast soon. Always check out their Twitch stream. And all information about Field Processor stuff can be found at fieldprocessor.com. So thanks for our music. Thank you. So until next time. Take one more. For the road. <laughs>